millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Tara Saraban, and you're listening to World's Dumbest Criminals. If you're keen to hear about the most ridiculous, bizarre, and downright stupid criminals and crime stories in the world ever, you've come to the right place. In today's episode, you'll be hearing about a Florida man who called 911 to request deputies come to his house and test the authenticity of the meth that he'd just bought. A Welsh guy who snorted cocaine off Pablo Escobar's grave on Facebook Live and went on to do something even stupider and more. Alrighty, let's get cracking. In March last year, Florida man Thomas Colucci called 911 wanting to find out if the meth he bought was real or if he'd been duped and sold something else. Thomas had met the dealer, who he knew as JJ, at Karma Spirits and Cafe in Spring Hill, Florida, a few nights earlier. He told the police that on March 10th at around 4am, JJ gave him a call. Thomas asked JJ if he had any opioids or meth for sale and gave him his home address. JJ and a mate came over to his place and sold him some meth. When Thomas examined it, he thought it looked a bit strange. He said he sniffed a little of it and did not receive a burning sensation in his nostrils, which made him think that what JJ had sold him was not, in fact, meth. He consulted Dr. Google and came to the conclusion that he'd been sold bath salts. Then he called 911 to have a deputy come to his house to test the meth to see what it was, as he was worried he'd ingested something unsavory and possibly deadly unlike the healthy and nutrient-filled meth that he'd wanted to buy. Let's have a listen to his call. 911, what is that? Is it your emergency? Okay, I just want to... My emergency is this. I met these two young kids at the bar a couple of nights ago. Okay. And he, I, I'm sorry, you're going to think I'm a really bad person, but these shady people get me meth. And these were young people, young, like 20s. Right. 21, 20 years old. I'm 41. So I said, all right, whatever, take my number and call me if you can get it. Mm-hmm. He called me today, and he said, I, think I got that stuff. How much money you got? I said, well, geez, I only got $20 because I'm, I'm just short on money right now. Right. He said, all right, I'm going to come, my, me and my friend are coming over to give it to you. And, he, and I heard him laughing in the background. And then they pulled up in the truck, and they looked like two shady characters. And they tell me, they give me, they give me this piece of meth, which looks like three times as much as you should get. But it looked just like it. And when I broke it up, it looked just like it. So I sniffed a little bit. Mm-hmm. And what I think I got was bath salt. Okay. Yeah, we can, we can get somebody for him. What is your address? I don't want anybody to come in the house because okay. I'm really paranoid. These guys are plotting to kill me. Okay. Uh, we, we can just send an unlocked car so I can show him what he sold me. I really just want to show a police officer what yeah. he sold me. Yeah, yeah, we can. I'm really scared. 
So sure. don't send all the ambulance and No, 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 I got you. I got you. Yeah, well, what is your address? Really freaked out. I really think these guys are, are planning to run. Because, you know, they're young and crazy. Mm-hmm. they got nothing to lose. Right. They see a 40-year-old middle-aged man has right. got a drug problem. You know, these guys look real shady. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get some help. And what is your address? All right. Yeah. I don't know what I just put in my body, and I feel really strange. All right, and just remember to... Yeah. And what's the phone number? Can you call somebody with an unmarked car? Yeah, we can... An unmarked car? Yeah, we can get somebody to come help. Yeah, absolutely. And um, what is your name? All right, because I'm afraid these guys are watching me still, and they're... I don't know if they're trying to scare me for something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's your name? And how do you spell your last name? Okay, I got you. And and do you have any, um, do you know what their names are by chance or any idea who they are? I deleted them on my phone after I okay. talked to them. I knew something was wrong with these people and I was in a lot of trouble. Right. And I gave them my address and I know where I live That's now. Okay. You know, and uh, I just got the name and the number out and I wrote a note to my brother and put it under my bed. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell him tomorrow if anything happens to me, tell the cops to look under my bed. Okay. Were they, um, you said there were two white, white males or black males, Hispanic males? Yeah, they were white. They were white. He's about 20 no, years old? Maybe not even 20. All right. They might not even have been 20 yet. Do you, um, do you know what kind of car they came in? A truck, like an old truck, like a run-down truck. Do you know what, uh, like what color it was by chance? Yeah, it was gray, like it needed to be painted like okay. that giant, like just great black gray. Okay. Um, like when you say truck, like a pickup truck or? Yeah, a pickup okay. truck. Yeah. I gotcha. I gotcha. And when, when um when did they uh come did they just I don't want to get these guys arrested. Right. I really don't want to get these guys arrested. Yeah. I just want to come sure. to know that if something happens to me. Yeah. I gotcha. All right. Yeah, we'll definitely get somebody on the way for it. And well, when did this happen? About like, an hour and a half ago, and I, okay. I'm, like, hallucinating on whatever they sold me. I, Do you, um, we're definitely going to get somebody on the way for it. Did you want an ambulance at all, any, any medical treatment? Uh, no, I okay. think I'm, I, uh, I'm just going to, I'm just never going to, I don't know. Okay. I'm just going to keep drinking water because my mouth is really okay. dry. Right, but I don't right. think I need to be hospitalized. Okay. I just well, think I'm poisoned. Okay. Now, we're going to get somebody on the way shortly for you, okay? All right. Thank you. No problem. Thank you. You gotta give the 911 dispatcher props for seamlessly going along with Thomas's request. She empathized with him and ensured that she got as much information about the situation as possible. The kicker to this whole situation is when the deputy tested the two baggies of drugs Thomas gave them, it turned out that he had in fact bought meth. <laughs> Which is hardly a great advertisement for doing meth. Hey kids, wanna feel so paranoid you've ingested something deadly and people are trying to kill you that you call the cops on yourself? Try meth today. You won't regret it till you do. According to the police report, Thomas told the deputy that he'd smoked some of the meth he bought from JJ three hours earlier and was concerned, as he thought he was having chest pains. He was taken to a nearby hospital where they medically cleared him. But his relief was short-lived as Thomas was arrested at the hospital and charged with possession of meth along with two counts of possession of drug paraphernalia. In June last year, Thomas entered into a pre-trial intervention contract that deferred his prosecution. 
The contract required that Thomas perform 25 hours of community service and pay around $700 in court costs. He was also banned from visiting bars and consuming or possessing illegal drugs and will have to undergo monthly drug tests as well as random drug tests requested by his probation officer. If Thomas successfully meets the requirements of his pretrial contract, the case against him could be dismissed. But if he violates the terms of it, he would be tried for the charges. I know calling 911 to get deputies to come out and test your meth is a ridiculous thing to do, but I kind of feel bad for Thomas. He seems like a decent guy. There was no mention of him having a criminal record in any of the reporting on the case, so it's not like he's out there wilding around and putting anybody but himself in danger. Hopefully the terms of his pre-trial contract will help him beat his addiction. Four area D is telling me that T is transporting that guy, yeah. Can you verify? Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Stephen Stemmons from Swansea in Wales was working as a nightclub promoter in Ibiza when he started a relationship with a Colombian woman. They subsequently moved to Colombia and in 2013 the couple had twins. Now I think we all know what Colombia is renowned for. Obviously I'm talking about its aromatic coffee, superior quality emeralds and exotic fruits. In April 2018, 35-year-old Stephen said he was out drinking with friends when they asked him if he wanted to go and see drug lord Pablo Escobar's grave. Stephen, who was three sheets to the wind, was like, hell yes! When they were at the gravesite in Itagui, Colombia, a friend suggested Stephen sniff cocaine off it for a laugh. Then he bet him £200 that he wouldn't do it on Facebook Live. Despite urban myths to the contrary, Pablo Escobar's gravestone does not dispense cocaine. So fortunately for Stephen and his mates, they'd bought their own. And it's probably somewhat responsible for the fact that Stephen thought going on Facebook Live and snorting coke off Escobar's grave was a great idea. In the video posted on Facebook, Stephen empties a baggie of coke onto the gravestone and rolls up a $5 note. Then he snorts the coke, looks up with a big grin on his face and says, I'm Gordon Ramsay, mate. That's apparently a reference to Ramsay's 2017 documentary about the cocaine trade called Gordon on Cocaine. (laughs) Can you imagine how terrifying potty-mouthed rage monster Gordon Ramsay would be on cocaine? It'd be like the movie Cocaine Bear, but with a lot more swearing. The video of Stephen snorting coke off Pablo Escobar's grave quickly went viral. (laughs) For some reason. It was said to have infuriated members of Escobar's cartel, despite Stephen saying that he did it as a mark of respect. He subsequently tried to change his appearance by shaving his head and he went into hiding. 
Stephen told the mirror, People sent me death threats on Facebook. They said if they found me, they would skin me alive. In a really odd twist, Stephen claims that the video was actually filmed by a hitman for Escobar's Medellin cartel after they met in a bar. So a video he made that infuriated the cartel was filmed by a cartel member. See, that doesn't sound super likely. (laughs) Unless the hitman found him insufferable and wanted to get him gone. The cops tracked Stephen down and kicked his ass out of Colombia, where his girlfriend and twins lived, banning him from returning for five years. Stephen later told the media that he regretted what he did and wanted to apologise to the people of Colombia. He added, It was funny at the time, but I'm ashamed. Everybody said I was a disgrace and I was making the country look bad. I can't see my children, and that hurts. He also told the media that he planned to become a drug counsellor. That sounds like he would be counselling people on the dangers of drug addiction, but apparently there is another way to interpret it. In December last year, -year 39-year-old Stephen was jailed for 13 years and 6 months for his part in an international drug smuggling plot. He and a few mates attempted to traffic large quantities of cocaine into South Wales between April 2020 and August 2021. So he became a drug dealer after gaining international notoriety for snorting coke off Pablo Escobar's grave. How on earth did that seem like a good idea? If your name was synonymous with snorting cocaine, wouldn't you figure you'd be better off getting a job in, like, a sports store or something? Perhaps do some data entry? Maybe see if the post office is hiring? Not this guy. And he was moaning about not being able to see his kids due to his five-year ban from Colombia. And then, when it was one year from being over, he goes and gets himself sentenced to 13 and a half years in jail. Epic facepalm. In court, his barrister describes Stephen as naive and a fantasist inhabiting a lifestyle he sometimes thinks he has. He also said that he didn't actually profit much from his drug importing. The court heard 34-year-old Shane White ran the operation using the EncroChat Secure Communications Network. The goal was to sell drugs on the streets of South Wales. Investigators discovered that White, Stephen and the rest of the crew had conspired to import 10 kilograms of cocaine into the UK from South America. And they'd supplied a further 8 kilograms in the South Wales area, which they'd located within the UK. The 18 kilograms of cocaine would have had an estimated street value of over £2 million. However, White's barrister claimed that the conspiracy to import cocaine from South America was largely fantasy, and although the pair had discussed the plans and the large profits they hoped to make for over a year, not a single gram of cocaine had ever actually been imported nor was it ever likely to be imported as they did not have the money and did not have the wherewithal. He went on to say, there was something almost comical about their ineptitude. White, Stephen and two others pleaded guilty to conspiracy to supply cocaine and were sentenced to a combined total of more than 52 years in jail. They have to spend half their sentences behind bars before being eligible to be released on parole. 
To finish up, I have a few punchline crimes for you. These are short cases that sound more like jokes than something that actually happened. Carnival in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil is a huge festival held every year just before Lent. It's said to be the biggest carnival in the world, with two million people taking to the streets daily in colourful costumes to celebrate the event. Carnival parades returned in full this year for the first time since the COVID-19 pandemic and there was a palpable sense of excitement in the air. But like most festivals, there's always some dick that comes along and tries to spoil the fun. In this case, I mean that literally. A man dressed as a seven-foot penis caught the attention of the authorities after women told them that he'd been chasing them, rubbing up against them and harassing them. Military police arrested the man, dressed as a giant brown dick and balls, in the city centre for acting suspiciously. There are pictures of the arrest, and they're pretty spectacular. Only the guy's face and feet are visible, and if you're wondering what the appropriate footwear to accompany a giant inflatable penis costume is, well, this knob went with thongs or flip-flops. Hilariously, some people online pointed out that the guy looked more like a poo than a penis. But either way, anyone going around chasing women and harassing them is clearly a shit dick. Mark Morrill from Brackley in England has been campaigning for over 10 years to get the government to do something about the prevalence of potholes on roads in the UK. No one on social media as Mr. Pothole. (laughs) That's Mr. Pothole to you. Mark has been trying hard to raise awareness about the issue. His initial plan was to put rubber ducks in the potholes, and then he came up with the notion of feeding the potholes cake on their birthdays. Yum! Despite them both being brilliant ideas, neither of them ended up panning out. So Mark put his thinking cap on and came up with yet another stroke of genius. He joined forces with the instant noodle brand Pot Noodle and started filling the potholes in his hometown with the noodles in a bid to gain attention and push the government into doing something about the issue. Their slogan is, nothing fills a hole like Pot Noodle, which I doubt is meant to be seen in a a pornographic light. But hey, if you can think of it, somebody's into it. Though I'm sure the hole that they're referring to is a a hungry hole. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah, that's not helping, is it? Like a hole of hunger in your stomach, Mark has cleverly repurposed it to apply to the issue at hand. He told the Metro, Since nothing fills a hole like pot noodle, who better to team up with to highlight the ridiculous state of the UK's roads? Hopefully filling the road's hungry holes with pot noodles will have the desired effect and Mark doesn't cop a hefty fine for littering. In 2019, an Australian man did the unthinkable. He entered his cat into a dog swimming race. What's the world coming to? Although his cat Gus performed quite well, many locals were appalled that anyone would ever enter a cat into a dog race, and some went so far as to send Gus death threats, which is dumb because he can't read. 
I know it sounds like some metaphorical morality tale about inclusion, but this story is actually 100% true. The Scotland Island Dog Race is held in the Northern Beaches suburb of Scotland Island in Sydney, New South Wales. Gus's owner, Glenn Drury, told the media that Gus is a Tonkinese cat who loves the water and is a keen swimmer. Glenn said, Oh, I did a lot of research. I wanted a cat that was dog-like and a cat that liked the water. He swims with me, he kayaks with me, and does stand-up paddleboarding. So a few years back, Glenn entered Gus into the dog race, where dogs paddle with their owners across 550 metres, or a third of a mile, of water. Gus did really well in the race. Glenn said, He swam at his pace, cat pace. He did beat some of the dogs, though. But most importantly, it was a fun, really nice day. Or at least it started out that way. After the race, Glenn said, Oh, one of these local parochial yobbos said that he was going to shoot the cat and beat me up if he ever saw us again. Another woman did the throat-slitting gesture and pointed to the cat. I work in politics and I get that sort of nonsense all the time and I can deal with that. But they threatened my cat for God's sake. I'm going to play you a clip from A Current Affair of some local people's response to Gus participating in the dog race. But locals Louise and Vinny, who are not the cat threateners in question, think Glenn and Gus are asking for trouble. He's not even a local, the guy that said all that crap. He doesn't live here. I don't, I don't understand it. He obviously just wanted the publicity. Do you reckon that locals would be like that around here? Oh, they wouldn't kill someone's cat. Oh, we love animals. They might have wanted to choke him, but not the cat. <laughs> it started out 30, 40 years ago just as an island thing. You know, and then you get idiots bringing cats down. It's just like, you're just taking a piss. It's like taking a knife to a gunfight. It's just not going to work. So it's not about the fact that you guys don't like cats. It's no, it's, it's just, it, that was just, that was just stupid. You know, it was a dog race. What are you bringing a cat for, mate? Glenn scratched Gus from the race this year. If it was me, no problem. I'd go. But it's not just me. And his safety is first. But the dynamic duo hasn't ruled out a comeback. I think one thing that Gus would be pushing for, if you could speak, would be certainly changing the name from the Scotland Island Dog Race to the Scotland Island Pet Race. And, you know, I was never a cat person. If I could see me five, five years ago, we could see me today, I'd be like, who is that weirdo? <laughs> I asked my dog Tilda what she thought about a cat being in a dog race, and she looked at me like, yeah, whatever. Tilda considers cat poo to be a delicious snack, though. So if she was in a dog race with a cat, she'd probably be following its ass around like it was a Pez dispenser. <laughs> this brings me to the end of the episode. Big shout out to Brandon Hall, who makes the brilliant podcast Music City 911, for putting me on to that guy calling 911 about his mess. Brandon covered it on a recent episode and suggested it might be a good one for me to do too. How cool is that? Brandon is awesome. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe if you want to stay up to date with all future episodes. And if you dug what you heard, please leave a review. And thank you to feline friend CJ from the USA for doing just that. And I hope you enjoyed the cat in a dog race story, feline friend. 
If you'd like to support this independent podcast, head on over to patreon.com forward slash world's dumbest criminals. All levels get access to monthly bonus episodes and ad-free episodes. And higher levels also receive a Chanel toe ring and a pot-bellied pig. Thanks to Brenda White Brockway for coming on board as a patron. I really appreciate your support, Brenda. If you're up for more dumb criminals action in your life, you could follow me on Instagram at World's Dumbest Criminals Podcast and Twitter at WD Criminals Pod. Or you could join our World's Dumbest Criminals Podcast Facebook group. And thank you to the indispensable Lorraine Ledwell for running the group with me. Till next time, look after yourself, stay out of trouble, and whatever you do, don't commit a crime that makes you end up on this podcast. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.